All right, we roll on on Get Up. Champ Week rolls on today. SEC Men's Tournament quarterfinal games 1 and 3 Eastern on ESPN. And the app, Mississippi State, takes on the number one seed, Alabama. And our first game, then Tennessee, Missouri, as we work our way towards Selection Sunday. Lots of great college basketball all weekend long on ESPN. Meanwhile, I candy. Who's a golfer in the room? Hayden Buckley. The famous Island Green at 17 at the Players' Championship. And this is about a dream mm. scenario. How about that? You got a little spin on it. Hayden Buckley watches as it trickles. Oh, my oh, God. How about it, oh D-Wood? How about that, it? That's a hell of a shot. Do you play golf? I play, I'm starting to play a little bit more now. You ever make a hole-in-one? No, no. That's a dream. That, that's, that's, yeah. that's an everyday Thursday it, to me. That's it's well. not an everyday Thursday. <laughs> you play golf, though, right? A little bit. You ever make a hole-in-one? I've never made a hole-in-one. What about six? you, Joe? No, I've never. I play a lot of golf, and I've never made a hole-in-one. I've been in a group where one was made once. We went to the ground hugging. Uh, but it's <laughs> true story. True story. And it wasn't on one of the most famous tee shots or, or, or shots uh, in the entire world of golf. Hayden Buckley again with a one on 17 at the players. All right, we are back for another huge hour as we are live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. You see part of the squad we have put together for you today. Tons of football as we await. Tick, tick, tick. Anytime, Aaron, for the news that we are all waiting for. But in the meantime, we got big news out of the NBA yesterday. We need to start with this. Kevin Durant's left ankle sprain will be reevaluated in three weeks. So says the team. Again, you've probably seen that by now. You watch the left ankle as he slips on a wet spot pre-game warm-ups before he, what was supposed to be his home debut as a member of the Suns. And we will point out that this is a precarious moment in the standings for the Suns because they are about this close to being the two seed, and they are almost exactly as close to winding up in the play-in. So, so much will be decided. And now, as I bring Wendy and Big Perk into the conversation, uh, Wendy, give us the details here. You were in Phoenix when this all happened, and Big Perk is making his way back here. Um, but, 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 Wendy, help me out with this here. Like, this feels three weeks is when he'll be reevaluated. There are only about six weeks, not, not even that, left in the season. How significant should fans think this yeah, is? This is gonna, yeah, this is going to knock him out for the majority of the rest of the season. And it sounds like a terrible blow to a team that he's barely been able to play for. And, you know, it, I, I certainly felt the vibes in the league yesterday like, oh, my gosh, this is a this is a serious challenge to them. But I, I have to say, being around them and being in their locker room a couple of nights ago after this happened, they're kind of chill about it. They realize it's a setback. They're disappointed for Kevin. But they're really happy with the way he fit into the team. Chris Paul flat out said he's not worried at all about gelling him back in. He'll go get healthy. They've won 9 out of 12. They play Sacramento tomorrow at home. If they beat them, they'll be right on their heels for the number three seed. I, 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 it's, it's not good, but I don't think that the, the Suns are that stressed over it. All right, so the, the big perk, let me come to you again. As I point out, you know what a championship team requires. I know KD is about as plug-and-play as any superstar in NBA history. But at some point, if this team has basically played together for something like two weeks when the playoffs begin, can they possibly win the championship this year? Greeny, I, I know it's been a minute since you heard this term come out of my mouth, but 
The Phoenix Suns are dead bird, tall grass. Okay, wow. make no mistake about it. And I didn't have them. I didn't have them picked to win it. Or they wasn't one of my favorites. Or my favorite for us representing the Western Conference. And it's because of the lack of depth. And when we all we all know coming back off an of injury, it's still going to take time. So if Kevin Durant is probably going to miss. The, uh, the rest of the season, that means that he's going to come back in the postseason. What happens when you come back in the postseason, that's the highest level of basketball. And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant is not going to be ready, but you could have setbacks. We don't know. But at the end of the day, we know one thing about the Phoenix Suns is that they don't have a deep roster. And because they had to give up so much for us getting Kevin Durant, and rightfully so, because they lost Jay Crowder and now he's with the Milwaukee Bucks, they just don't have enough when I look at their bench to go out there and compete night in and night out to try to do to try to win their ultimate goal, and that's winning the championship. They just don't have it, and it's okay. But I tell you this, I am disappointed, and all the fans should be disappointed because anytime a superstar or arguably the best player in the game and Kevin Durant is not available, that just does a disservice to the league because we all want to see him on the floor. I'm with you with that. Again, I think there is a lot of reason to hope he'll be back before the regular season ends, but not much before. And I will remind anyone who needs reminding, this is these three games that he just played come on the heels of him having missed basically two months before that, or however long it was from the time he got injured when he was still a Brooklyn Net. This is a guy who will have played almost no NBA basketball this calendar year. Uh, whenever it is that he comes back from this mm. and tries to go and right into the playoffs. he dominated when he came back. He did. I, look, if anyone can do it, KD can do it, right, Whitney? But we are kind of we are we're kind of stretching the limits of, of what even a player of his magnitude might be able to accomplish. All right, both of you stay right where you are. Much more basketball as we go. Excuse me. Yes, more, more basketball as we go. But to the NFL we go next because the uncertain future of Aaron Rodgers continues to make me completely insane. He continues to mull over his, the possibility of his future with the New York Jets. Jeremy Fowler is our insider today. Harry Douglas is with us. D. Wood is sitting right here. Jeremy, what is take us up to the second on the latest with yeah, Roger? Yeah, I just checked with the source. I'm told that the deal is quiet right now, so no deal as of this minute. But people I'm talking to believe that the interest between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets has been mutual. They had a great meeting, and that both sides, Packers and Jets, have been working as if parameters will be set, that this has a good chance to happen. But right now, no deal. Now, there's no other team involved, though, that I can find. I've scoured the earth for one. So it appears the Jets are essentially negotiating with or against themselves. All right. Can, can I make just clear to everyone what a good man Damian Woody is? When this thing was started breaking on Tuesday afternoon, and every time you refresh your Twitter feed, literally like every 15 <laughs> seconds there was some update, my phone rang, and it was D. Wood, just making sure I was okay. All right, I just want every Damian Woody called me because he was thinking of me because I think it is, at this point, a fairly well-known fact that I'm losing it, D. Wood. How are you holding it together? Ah, uh, Man, I, Greeny, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I just want this thing to just be over with because we've been dealing with Aaron Rodgers now and, and his whole back and forth for like two, what, two years or whatever it's been. I just want some finality as far as this whole situation. I think it's ultimately going to be the New York Jets. And I just want to be, I just want to see a world where Aaron Rodgers is here in New York City. Oh, yeah. That, that would be such a beautiful thing. What a to world. See number 12. 
Joe Namath even said, I'll give you my jersey. Yes, he did. To be with the New York That's Jets. a world yes. I've never lived in. I want to live in that world. I, th- that's a world I'd love to. Part of your yes, world. What did. song is that? That's a Disney song. I want to be part of your world. Whatever the song that is, I will sing it to Aaron if it takes it. Because at this point, <laughs> we need this thing to get done. In the meantime, Harry, here's the thing that I think is interesting about this. Jeremy is telling us it's basically a one-horse race. And that the interest is mutual. You say to yourself... Why should Aaron Rodgers be so interested in coming to the Jets? Well, maybe this started, and we do our little flashback Friday here, maybe this started back in October when the Jets went to Lambeau Field and dominated. And this was really the coming out party for that Jet defense, which had a huge year. They destroyed Rodgers in that game, and the Jets beat the Packers 27-10. The defense was dominant. And then later that week in his uh, traditional Tuesday with Pat McAfee, Rodgers had complimentary words. The difference between winning and losing is so minutely thin. Um, you know, a team like the Jets, who, you know, have always been the Jets or whatever, that's kind of the, the moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. You know, this is a good football team. They're very well coached. they got good players. So he noticed, even then, and, and maybe we should have noticed. So, Harry, as we now are certainly paying attention to those words from way back then, what do you see this possibly being? If the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, what do they become in the AFC? Well, I think they become a contender. You look at their defense, their top five defense, and you, you think the Jets aren't all in right now. Look at the trade they just made to get Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark was second in tackles for the Baltimore Ravens, so they're trying to build this thing out with uh, a few veterans, but also they have that nu- nucleus of young guys that they were able to, to add within the draft that are playing very well for them. And I will say this, though, Greeny, I say they're a contender, but I think for the New York Jets and their organization, especially for Aaron Rodgers coming over because it's been so long since they made the playoffs, I think their main focus needs to be on winning the division. Win the division first, and then everything else comes after that. You know what the last season the Jets won that division was? 2002. That's correct. It was 2002. Herman Edwards was the coach. People remember, of course, that Rex, with the teams that you were on, made it to -to back-to-back AFC championship games, but they were wild cards both of those years. They won four road playoff games in a two-year span during that. So they haven't had a home playoff game in a very long time. And we'll see if that winds up changing here. So, again, I keep turning to you and looking for anything like what. Do we know what we're waiting for? Are we waiting for Aaron Rodgers himself to call Green Bay and sign off on this? Like what, what are the sequence of events that well, are going to take place? What I know is that some of the parameters, including the money, the $58 million in guaranteed money that has to be split up between both sides, has been discussed for a while now. So certainly some parameters are most likely set. But the Jets also understand that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been together for 15 years. There's a lot of history. Divorcing is not always easy. We saw it with Brett Favre 15 years prior, so things can get messy a little bit. So, you know, the Jets are just trying to be, my understanding, trying to be respectful of Rodgers and this process and whatever happens. But the belief here is that the, the interest is mutual. Ultimately, Favre was traded to the Jets in August. I will say this. If this lasts until August, <laughs> you're going to just need to get someone else in here. I mean, I, I can't do it. I can't sit like this. I can't. There's no way in the world I will make it till August if this happens. But in the meantime, I'm very proud of some of these young New York Jet players because they're doing everything they can to manifest this, yeah. right? So Sauce Gardner and some of the star teammates. Remember, Sauce was wearing that cheese head when they won that game yep. at Lambeau Field. Look what he's done with it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gone. 
gone, man. It's gone, bruh. Gone, man. Ain't nothing we can do. Look at the cheese just melting. It's just turning the cheese sauce. Look at the cheese. It's turning the cheese sauce, though. A-Rod at, man. Where A-Rod? <laughs> I mean, let's make this cheese happen, sauce. man. This is me talking now. I ain't playing no games no more. Bro, I'm not bro. playing no more, A-Rod. I was playing talk. that first. I'm not playing no more. You see it in my face. I need you to lock in. I need you to come here so we can win the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> don't even play no more. We're burning cheese. I mean, we've got we are we've turned cheese into cheese sauce. Melting pot style. They're doing they're doing everything they can. I mean, at this point, if this doesn't happen, I have no idea what happened. Imagine being Zach Wilson and watching that video. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. Anyway, let's just Fowler. I'm counting on you to get this thing done for me. I got another hour of this, and I got two hours of radio. I sure would love this to happen on my watch. In the meantime, we are just getting rolling as we continue still no resolution for Lamar's contract dispute with the Ravens is it time for him to change his tactics we will get to that plus while all look lost for the Lakers when LeBron went down his buddy AD has stepped up big we'll tell you why things may actually be looking up more than you think in Tinseltown as this hour continues you're watching get up on ESPN Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals
All right, we are back on Get Up. Free agency right around the corner. Let's run the hurry up. Jeremy Fowler, let's go. What's going on with Jimmy G? Let's do it. Jimmy G's market is setting up nicely because the Las Vegas Raiders are a team that several executives I've spoken to believe will be interested. And you also have the Houston Texans as a good fit. You have the Atlanta Falcons as a good fit based on offense. Houston has Bobby Slowick, the new offensive coordinator, who's with Garoppolo in San Francisco. So he will have options, especially if Aaron Rodgers signs with the Jets. Several teams will have a need. He'll be at the top of the list. Then you got the Rams. I see Jalen Ramsey there. He is available via trade. I've talked to a lot of people who believe the Detroit Lions are, are somewhat involved here. GM Brad Holmes was with the Rams for a long time as an executive. They are in the cornerback market, so that makes some sense there. You have Allen Robinson as well. The Rams are fielding teams on him. He's got a big salary, but uh, it's a weak wide receiver class in free mm-hmm. agency, so that could actually help him find a suitor. So Rams will be parting with several key pieces this offseason most likely. Then you have Lamar Jackson. Now, teams I've talked to believe that this will be slow play. Don't expect any offer sheets from other teams coming in in the short term because you got free agency. Teams are focused on that. There's no hard deadline that says a team has to show its hands right now but there there is not a clear-cut team that's going to make an offer uh, that we know of at the moment so i'm told lamar jackson continues to have resolve on his situation he's wanted a fully guaranteed contract that does not appear to be changing still a real chance though that he plays for baltimore in 2023 either on the tag or a new deal what you're seeing is a tweet from lamar jackson yesterday again there had been very little talking coming out of either side of this really but when hard rock sportsbook yesterday tweeted out a stat that put Lamar Jackson in very exclusive company. You see some of the other great names on the screen. Uh, Lamar Jackson himself saw it and, and retweeted it and, and quote tweeted it by saying great company. So uh, he's out there and he's paying attention to all the things that are happening and maybe more notably the things that are not happening. And that, that is uh, slow playing it is one thing. It's another thing yeah. for so many teams to have been quite definitive basically immediately after the Ravens applied that franchise tag in pointing out that they have no intention of pursuing him. Now, understanding that teams frequently engage in misinformation, (laughs) a.k.a. lie to you uh, at this time of year, that's all the more reason why it feels to me like that was part of that at least was a signal, a message being sent to maybe not just Lamar Jackson, but all players about guaranteed contracts. Yeah, I I just think that you know, I, I was listening to Herm talk about guaranteed contracts and how going back all the way when he, when he was playing, like, they owners were talking about then, like, no guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. And I think I do think that a message is being sent that basically we're going to – that Deshaun Watson contract, everyone looks at it as the albatross. We're going to set that aside. Like, this is not going to – we're not going to make it a habit of giving out any more contracts like that I don't care how good you are as a player because we don't want to set this type of precedent. So, listen, I do Do I think some of these teams are lying? Absolutely. I think as we move along, yeah. as, for, as far as free agency, I think teams will start coming to the table saying, you know what, let's see, let's, let me talk to Lamar and see what he really wants because even Lamar Jackson asking price might, might dwindle some as, as time moves forward. Yeah, and you have four teams in the draft that will get one of those top four quarterbacks. The ones who don't, are going to have a big-time need come April 29th. And so this will shake out in that way. So, so Harry, it's an interesting one because if the owners stay firm in this resolve, again, uh, I, I, I'm, and, and no one offers him a guaranteed contract, 
The Ravens aren't willing to give him what he wants, and no other team is willing to give him what he wants. Then the looming possibility of him having to make a decision about playing on the franchise tag will come up. If he were to call you up and say, Harry, what do you think I should do about that? What would you tell him? Child, please. No way, Jose. <laughs> No, we're not doing that. Because, listen, Lamar Jackson just basically did that last year. Technically, it wasn't that, but in his eyes, it was. He bet on himself, and he got hurt. So if you're Lamar Jackson, if you can't play on a, a four-year deal, five-year deal, then I'm not going out there on the football field. He made enough money so far in his career where he can sit out uh, if it comes to that point. But he tried to do the right thing last year and be there for everyone and, you know, do it the organizational, the organization's way and, and, and be out there on the field, and, and it didn't work out. So why would you go that route once again? I'm not get, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm giving him advice. I'm not going out there on that football field until I have the deal. You agree with See. that, D-Wood? I, yeah, I do. I do. I'm just not really? – I, I said that last year. Last year I said that. I said Lamar Jackson shouldn't touch a blade of grass until a deal is done. And, and I, just, I, I feel the same way now. It's worth so, pointing out that last year – hold on one second. It's, yeah. I just want to point out to the audience, last year he was under contract. So if he had sat out and all of that held out, he would have been fined significantly. This year, until he signs the free agent tender, he is not. So right. he can sit out as long as he wants and they can't find him. They can't do anything yeah. to him. But now you'd be passing up on $32 million. Right. And if you set out the air, you'd still be far away from free agency. They could just tag you again. So either way, it's not ideal for Lamar Jackson. But we know the song and dance. He's going to sit out for a long time. He's not going to be there for offseason workouts. That's his leverage coming up to the season. Maybe show up two days before kickoff. But the money's there. It's going to be hard to pass that up, if, especially if he wants to get to that fully guaranteed deal. He's got to get closer to free agents. That, that's what the teams count on. The owners count on the fact that, that they, they, at some point, if you want to make a living doing this, you have no choice but to do it their way. And Lamar Jackson is, in a way that very few players in the history of the game have, standing up and saying, no, no, I'm going to do it my way. And we'll see. I, one side or the other, it's, it would be lovely if they could find some um, – common ground if they could find some place to meet in the middle on this but they have been unable to do it to this point and there's no obvious reason to think they're going to from here on out so it does feel like one side or the other is going to have to win this and then what you run the risk of d wood is that lamar jackson winds up feeling humiliated like yeah. like it could almost and, and yeah. he may wind up saying to the ravens you know what i'm out of here like i don't care what else the, yeah. whether they meant to or not it, it, the, the fact that no team is jumping up there uh, to try and grab him, that has to be at least a little bit humiliating for him. And I, I could see this getting to a place where he becomes upset enough that he may just feel a need to go somewhere else just because. Yeah, I mean, if this comes to a situation where literally your only, uh, your only choice is to sign the franchise tag because you can't you're, – you're so far apart as far as a deal is concerned – I think that's where the feelings could really, like, things could take it, escalate to a whole different level, and Lamar just, just says, screw it, I'm just not going to report. There also isn't that layer in between, that membrane that uh, that usually exists of an agent who was talking to the team and then talking to the player. Every message is coming directly to him. Right. This this thing, I think, has the potential to get really nasty. We all hope it does not, but I, I it's easy to see the scenario in which it does. All right, much more football as we go, but let me show you history being made every single night on the ice chasing history are the Boston Bruins who took a 10 game win streak into their game against Connor McDavid and the best team in hockey last night uh, the Edmonton Oilers final seconds of the first period I want you to watch the clock as David Pasternak uh, scores on a one-timer look how little time 
was left in the first period when this actually makes its way to the net. 0.3 seconds, and the Bruins have a 2-0 lead, but they couldn't hold it. Early third, Oilers have made it 2-1, and here they go. Ryan McLeod talking at home through traffic. We're all tied up at two, and then same score with under five minutes to play. It's Darnell Nurse. Oh, doctor. He buries that one, and the Oilers hang on to win it 3-2. So the Bruins will have to wait another night to clinch a playoff berth. Uh, Despite their rare home loss, uh, just their third in 32 games, the Bruins are still on pace to break the all-time record in wins and points. Uh, They will play home tomorrow in a game you'll see on ABC against the Red Wings. Then they'll go on a five-game road trip. I mentioned it here. ABC Hockey Saturday doubleheader, 12.30 Eastern, the pregame. Then the Bruins, Red Wings, followed by the Flyers and Penguins. Great action, and it's all also available on ESPN+. All right, if we continue here just in a moment, uh, a day after an explosive rant against an official, the NBA hands down a punishment that left everyone stunned. You need to hear this, and you will next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back on Get Up, and let's run the floor through a bunch of NBA news that includes the news on the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant. He suffered a left ankle sprain in pregame warm-ups on Wednesday. He will be reevaluated in three weeks, according to the team. So, again, he's only played three games as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Elsewhere, Warriors-Grizzlies, chippy as you might have expected between Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. It was Brooks and the Grizzlies who had the last laugh, a 21-point win. The Warriors are 7-26 and 26 on the road. The Kings handed the Knicks another loss, uh, 122 to 117, uh, led by Demacius Sabonis' triple-double. Knicks lose their second straight after coming off a nine-game winning streak. And then we have the very latest on the Lakers to talk about here as we bring in our basketball conversation this morning with Kendrick Perkins and Brian Winhorst. When LeBron James went down, I will admit it, I went on this show and on NBA Countdown and I said they're done. And then Anthony Davis has been averaging 34 points and 14 rebounds. The Lakers are only a game and a half out of the sixth seed. So, Big Perk, I give you credit. 
You were the one who said to me, Greeny, AD can carry this. They're not done. Can the Lakers be a factor down the stretch and into the playoffs? Hell yeah, they can. And, and shout out to Rob Palenka for what he did at the trade deadline. But when you look at this team, they are talented. They have athleticism. They have shooting. They have everything and more. They have an identity on the defensive end. But they also have Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr. And when I look at this part and I look at the position that he's in right now, I said this last week, Anthony Davis has an opportunity to change the narrative about himself in the, in the next couple of weeks. Meaning, forget being a top five talent. He actually has a chance to finish this regular season strong going into the postseason to put his name Back in the conversation with Giannis and Jokic and Joel Embiid and Sabonis to show that he is a number one option on the team that they could go to. He is a franchise guy. So the Lakers, they're going to get into the postseason and they're going to be hell for anybody that has to see this team first round. You have turned out to be, to this point, 100% right. And if and when, and I think that the difference between if and when are big, they get LeBron James back, then all of a sudden, Wendy, could we be talking about a team that feels dangerous in the playoffs? Well, they do have some good news coming because D'Angelo Russell is coming back after being out about two weeks with this ankle injury, so they get some reinforcements short-term. From what I am told, LeBron is turning over every stone he possibly can from a treatment perspective to get that foot in position to return at some point this season. And here's the thing, Greeny, there's a, there's a couple of marks in there. Now, I don't want to insult the Sacramento Kings at all. And I also do not want to make any assumption on what's going to happen with the Memphis Grizzlies. But if you're the Lakers and you can somehow get on the opposite side of them, you're either going to be playing a team that is banged up and, and doesn't know the future of its star player, or you're getting a team in the Kings that has not played in the playoffs in 16 years. So as, as crazy as it is, in mid-March, being two games under 500, the Lakers actually have a lot of life. Now, no margin for error. We cannot afford an Anthony Davis turned ankle. We cannot afford giving away a game or two. But they still have a window to do something special this season, and they sense it. You can tell by the way AD is playing. You can tell by the way LeBron is trying everything he can to get back that they sense there's still opportunity here. I think that's exactly right. I think it is indisputable. The Lakers are very much worth keeping an eye on down the stretch. Now, we set aside some extra time for the conversation we're about to have. Because this got a lot of reaction. So, in case you didn't see it, Fred Van Vliet, former All-Star for the Raptors, in a game that his team lost the other night to the Clippers, got fined $30,000 for calling out an official, Ben Taylor, in the post-game press conference. Van Vliet was teed up during the game. He really went off. Let's let you hear it one more time. I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just the game up. Tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA 
is and was, and um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. I mean, holy smoke, right? I mean, that, that is about as it's not about. It is the most direct um, criticism I've ever heard in the 30 years I've been covering the league by a player of a particular official. And again, he was fined only $30,000. And to a normal person, that sounds like a lot of money. But the reality is that's just barely above the minimum that they find in these circumstances, and it's well below the maximum. So when we played that for you earlier, we had a good conversation with Wendy and with Big Perk. And when I came back to the table, D. Wood was incredulous. And he wanted to jump in. And we wanted Harry in the conversation, too, to remind you his brother played in the end. So we have a lot of perspective here, but I'll start with the man who once led the league in technicals, and that is Kendrick Perkins. Uh, Big Perk, what is your reaction to the league finding Van Vliet what many people believe was not nearly as much as expected after that outburst? Well, well, Granny, I saw y'all reactions right in the first hour, and it and it made my stomach hurt. Not because of my my the the Starbucks that I drank this morning. It's because of y'all facial expressions when I'm trying to teach you. All right, I'm trying to educate you guys on what's going on behind the scenes. And when I listen to Fred Van Vliet comments, the two things that stick out: communication and the, and the history. Meaning, he said majority of his technical fouls come from Ben Taylor. So that means to tell me that they have a history. This is not the first time probably that the team or him is aware of this. They have known this. And so what happens is, is that when you have a history with an official. Oh, we just lost. That's terrible. What a terrible moment for that to happen. It is technology in the world in which we live, folks, and we apologize. We'll get Big Perk back as quickly as we can. Um, to, to the point of the history between the two of them, there is some. Van Vliet has eight technicals. Three of them were handed to him by that specific official, and the fourth, four, a fourth of those eight came in a game that the official himself, Ben Taylor, was also officiating, but came from a different referee. We have Big Perk back. Go ahead, big fella. So, so what happens with the history of the league, uh, with the history of a player and officiating Greeny behind the scenes is, is that this player may go and complain to, to their team, their organization, and the organization may send it to the league and say, hey, what's going on with this particular player and this official? So my thing is, is that why Fred Van Vliet was so annoyed when he went up there? Why was this premeditated? It's because of the history. And it also comes down to the character and the history of that player when it comes down to being fine, like me. I know every time after I developed a reputation, I was going to get fined more than a guy that didn't have a reputation of being, uh, you know, getting into it with officials or getting technical fouls. It's just part of it. It's part of it. Okay, so, so that is your perspective, and you are certainly welcome to it. Wendy, you've covered the league a long time. What was your take? Yeah, I don't know if Perk should be allowed on this panel because you're, he's, he's, uh, he's obviously going to take the side of the complaining player because he was a complaining <laughs> player for 15 years. Um, they've got to have, they've got to have the, the regardless, regardless of the issue and how the referee is treating the player. Even if all those technicals were not smart, even if that referee has an issue with the player, 
they the NBA's got to back up its referees. And so, you know, Greeny, a minute ago, you called this a rant. It actually wasn't a rant. A rant is what happens when a guy's emotional and angry. Fred Van Vliet went in there and was like, I'm going to put this ref on front street. I'm going to call him out. I'm going to put him in a corner. And the NBA kind of shrugged. Um, you know, if I were Fred Van Vliet, in fact, if I was another player, I would start to prepare a list. I was like, well, if it's going to cost me $30,000 and that's all it's going to cost, and I can personally insult a referee's performance and now apply pressure on that referee forevermore when he referees my games, it's a good trade-off. And that's really the where the league has been going in recent years. The fines have been getting lighter and lighter. The abuse on the officials is being more and more allowed. And I'm not saying it has anything to do with the officials' performance. I agree we're not at the, at the peak of performance and referees. But we are at the peak of, of uh, the, the league office basically letting the Ugh. players run wild on just about whatever they want. And this is another example. Okay, so Big Perk uh, might actually get a technical for what he's going to say to you in a minute here, Whitney. But l- let me get the other guys in quickly because, I, again, I remind everyone, Harry Douglas's brother, Tony, played in the NBA. Go ahead, Harry. Yeah, I'm not going to sit up here and, and, and promote it, but at some point, when are we going to hold the officials accountable? You know what I mean? And, and for Fred Van Fleet, I, I, I like the fact that he stood on it and he, he sent the direct message because at some point, when are the refs going to be held accountable for their actions? For some reason, we want to sit there and hide everything that they do under the table. They're held accountable. I, 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 I mean, you know, Wendy. I, I, they have something now, Harry, which they didn't have. For, they have that full. They have a two-minute report. After at the end of every game, the league announces all the mistakes oh, the officials cares? made at the end of games. So, I mean, like, the, 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 go ahead, Big Perk. Why is that, that so upsetting? But Greeny, but but Greeny, it's. Greeny, it's not about the two-minute report. It's not about what happens in the blown calls that no. they miss. It's about being able to control your commo- emotions as an official and, and let guys show passion. Like, that's, that's why you have a select group that referee the NBA Finals because mm-hmm. they earned the right. That's why they have a, a playoff roster when it comes down to officiating that's going to make the playoffs. But – Here's the thing, like, certain teams probably don't want certain officials when they have to match up in the playoff series because they do feel like it's something personal. Although it might not be, it feels that way. And so if a guy's not able to go out there and play the game that he loves with passion, play it with tenacity, be in the moment without worrying about if he has to deal with official, that's hard to do. Like, you want to go out there and be the best version of yourself and not worry about a personal beef that you have with an official. That, that part of it I do get, obviously. D. Wood, final word. Yeah, listen, I, I know it could be different from sport to sport, but I know, like, in football, you get, you get one opportunity a week to go out there and put it all on the line. And, 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 you know, we've seen it time and time again where, you know, uh, official will, will interject themselves in critical moments in the game that could be deciding factors in a game. And I always know we, we always talk about all we, – we use the cliche, all there are many plays in the game that determine the outcome of the game. 
Yeah, that sounds great, but, you know, the, it, that, those type of things happen. What tends to happen is after the game, you're emotional about it, but now we all of a sudden got to curtail ourselves. We got to contain ourselves from talking about the issue that clearly everyone is talking about, talking about as far as officiating concerns. So, listen, I get what Fred Van Vliet is talking about, where you're just, you know, it, it, come, it comes to a boiling point. You want to unleash, and I just think that we expect so much of players to just – keep their emotions under control in an emotional game. I just don't think that's right. So, note to self, the players are and, and never going to be on the side of the officials. <laughs> that's just not what's going to happen. I think we have learned that, right. that no, here no, no, but one way or the other. But Greeny, Greeny, yeah, yeah. Greeny, final one, word really quick. Greeny, one more thing. One, Go ahead. One, one, one thing. We just yeah. witnessed it last week when the Denver Nuggets and the Toronto Raptors were in a close game and we yeah. saw Scotty Boys get thrown out of the game by Scott Foster. We yeah. just witnessed that moment. Like, it's passion. What you think is going to happen? Yeah. So, so there again, the play. I get it. I totally get it. it, it it's a good discussion. I'm up against the clock here. Thank you all for uh, partaking in it. Uh, Big Perk and Wendy, we will see you guys later. And we have a great game coming your way tomorrow night. Let's see the passion on the floor when Steph Curry and the Warriors host Giannis and the Bucks. Could be a preview of the NBA Finals. Tomorrow night, 830 Eastern on ABC. We'll start your night with NBA Countdown. We'll all be here 8 o'clock Eastern on ABC. All right, coming up, Aaron Rodgers, whether he stays in Green Bay or moves on, He'll be taking a trip this offseason. We will explain what that means in a moment. And let's see if uh, Sneaky Hembo can get D. Wood today. Here we go. The Packers are one of two NFL franchises with multiple three-time MVPs, Rodgers and Favre. Which is the only other franchise that has that? That's a great question. The answer is next. Get up on ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
All right, we are back, and I would describe Damian Woody as confident. Let's see how we do. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre have each won at least three MVP awards. So the Packers are one of two NFL franchises that have multiple three-time MVPs, which is the only other franchise that applies. I'm going with the Colts. Not saying ending that, just the Colts. Right. Because they were the Baltimore Colts at one point with uh, Johnny Unitas and Peyton Manning. That's it, baby. I knew you'd get it. I got it. That's exactly right. The Colts, Peyton Manning, Johnny Unitas. It's been a tough week for Hembo, which is just outstanding for all the rest of us. In the meantime, the New York Jets have not had a league MVP since ever. Uh, And so it's Flashback Friday. Let's remind you what was the high point of the Jets season. Week six, they went into Lambeau. They beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to improve to four and two. Their defense really dominated that game. A few days later, Rodgers was on with Pat McAfee and said this. The difference between winning and losing is so minutely thin. Um, you know, a team like the Jets, who, you know, have always been the Jets or whatever, that's kind of the, the moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. You know, this is a good football team. They're very well coached. they got good players. So maybe we should have seen this coming. And again, we continue to wait. Jeremy Fowler, my insider extraordinaire, uh, for those who are just joining us and feels like a lot of the world is on edge. And by a lot of the world, I mean very much me. What uh, can you tell us is the latest here on Rodgers? Well, Greeny, I've been checking in on sources. I'm told it's quiet right now, but the Jets have done a ton of legwork. They're highly motivated to get this done. The Packers and Jets have been working on the compensation part of this, how to split up that $58 million. So everybody, as far as I know, is in a good place right now to get this deal to the finish line. Aaron Rodgers has a divorce that would have to happen with the Green Bay Packers. You're talking about a 15-year relationship. Sometimes that takes time. So that's the read on the situation right now. But there's nobody else, no other team that is involved right now that I can find. And I've scoured the earth to try to find one. So it appears to be the Jets or bust right now. Yeah, it's the Jets or retirement because it certainly feels like the divorce, while perhaps complicated, is imminent. Going back to Green Bay at this point feels like it would be a very complicated process. And so, D. Wood, one of the things that we've not yet brought up here is that the other multiple-time MVP in Green Bay Packers history, which was Brett Favre, he was traded to the Jets Mm -hmm. in 2008. You were on that team. Yes. How would you describe what it was like when Brett Favre showed up? Because it could be instructive as to what it could be like if this happens now. It was shocked because remember at the time we were playing a away game um, preseason game in Cleveland and there was all this chatter in the hotel. Like, I mean, it was just a bunch of buzz and noise and all the players like, what's going on? And then next thing you know, I turn around in my chair and it was Brett Favre. And I'm just like, I can't even use the words because we're on Disney, right? I'm like, oh, snap. Like, <laughs> Brett Favre is right here in the room. Like, he just walked he, in and he, you didn't know he was on the I team did, I, did, I had no clue. He just walked into the, the team meeting room. And everybody was just like, bro, that's Brett Favre right there. <laughs> and so, like, from that point, it just came like we scrapped our whole offense. And, 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 we, we, uh, and Brett taught us his, his version of the offense, which was the West Coast. And we just we were off and flying from there. Let the record show. That was in August. So yes. you guys had to put together something quickly. And it may have gotten off to a very slow start, at yep. the, I mean, at the very beginning. But then you guys were great. We were the rolling. Jets were the best team in the NFL at we, one point. We were year. rolling. We were rolling. I remember, you know, we, we went – I'm pretty sure you remember we went into New England, 
beat them in New England on the road, and then came back the very next week beat against Tennessee. Tennessee, who were 10-0 at the time. We were 8-3. and three. We were rolling, and obviously Brett injured his bicep, and then everything kind of fell apart from there. But we, we felt like we were a Super Bowl team. But it elevated everyone. It, yes. it gave that team a lot of belief. And so, yes. Harry, the final word on this before I bring one other element into the conversation. Um, does Aaron Rodgers do that for this Jets team? I mean, Aaron Rodgers plus all of this young talent yes. on the Jets equals what? I'll say, Greeny, they're a contender, right? And we talk about the, the future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers that he is. I went through this situation in 2009 when I was in Atlanta. We brought over Tony Gonzalez, and it elevated everyone. The excitement was there on our team. And you look at all the young pieces that they have over there on the New York Jets, it's going to do nothing but make those guys more, more motivated. And I'll give you an example. The video of Sauce Gardner burning a cheese head, letting Aaron Rodgers know that he's going to be welcome with open arms. So it takes your football team to another level, especially if you watch the Jets play from the quarterback position. All right, fair enough. And then there is one thing we know for certain that Aaron Rodgers is going to do. We don't know if he's going to be a Jet, but we know he's going to take a trip, if you will, uh, because it's been a very busy offseason for Rodgers, right? We know that he played golf at Pebble Beach. We know he's figuring out his next step. And we also know that he's going to be a speaker at Psychedelic Science, which is a conference that gathers researchers, artists, leaders, and practitioners in the psychedelic community. Um, and, look, we know he has a history with that, right, yeah. with yeah. ayahuasca, whatever yeah. else it might be. There's a, certainly a psychedelic <laughs> element to the dark room. Mm -hmm. I, I will just say this. If they need an MC, I'm in. <laughs> Guys, you need me? I'm in. I've got, I've, I'll make them, I don't care what. The, find someone get me the date on this thing. I am of service. You need a host? I'm glad to do it. I will show up. I will MC that thing. Whatever it takes, D. Wood. How many promises have you made this week? As Randy? many as I can. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, I, well, what more can I do at this? point the man can have my house you if he wants it stop what's that <laughs> no no greeny you have phoebe and miss mrs stacy you got to stop putting them through this you got to stop greeny just relax. I'm putting him through this. E L A X. Relax. He's putting me through this. I, I think. I think you've, you've, you've put the, the emphasis on the wrong syllable on that one. I think it is me who is suffering right now. He's just sitting there making up his mind what he wants to do. It's my life that hangs in the balance. All right. As we continue, a first take, uh, top of the hour here after another war of words and an on-court encounter. Draymond and Dylan Brooks has that become the best rivalry in the league? First take, top of the hour on ESPN.